Now we come to the ninth commandment, false witness. And this is chapters 24, verse 8, through chapter 25, verse 4. So basically, in the first eight, nine verses, it says, Be careful during an outbreak of leprosy to follow precisely all the Levitical priests instruct you, as I have commanded them. So you should do. Remember that Yahweh your God did to Miriam along the way after you left Egypt. So this is false witness. So basically, what you're not allowed to do is slander the priest. If the priest tells you you're unclean and you're not allowed to be in the camp, you're to, be able, you're to obey him. And you're not allowed to bear false testimony and say, the priest declared me clean, and he didn't declare you clean. So you're making the priest out to be a liar. Verse 10, when you make any kind of loan to your neighbor, you may not go into his house to claim what he is offering for security. You must stand outside. The person to whom you are making the loan will bring you out to you what he is offering as security. If a person is poor, you may not use what he gives you as security for a covering. You must by all means return to him at sunset the item he gave to you as security so that you may sleep in his outer garment, bless you for it, and be considered as just. Now, we've already talked about this law. But the idea is if, if you do collect collateral, remember God says you're not allowed to collect interest, but you may take something to say, I'm going to take this so they guarantee that you pay me back collateral. You're not allowed to go into the house. So if he says, hey, I'll give you my watch as collateral, you're not allowed to go into his house and take it. Because now you're setting your domain, you may take more. So basically you're not allowed to shake him down. Now if he's poor, you're not allowed to take anything. Because the reality is, if he's poor, everything that he owns is absolutely essential for staying alive, and therefore you're taking your not, and he's not. And if you do take something, then you're only allowed to take it for so many hours, because you have to return it before he goes back to bed. And so basically what it is, you're not allowed to steal from people. Don't use collateral as an excuse to steal from people, which we know a lot of people do that. A lot of people gouge you on collateral. And so he's saying, if you're, even now, if you're not allowed to gouge people in collateral, you're definitely not allowed to do that with interest of any kind of way, if you choose to do interest, even though you're not allowed to do interest. Verse 14, you must not oppress a lowly poor servant, whether from your people or Israelites, from the resident foreigners. You are living in your land and villages. You may, must pay his wage the very day the sun, for he is poor. So basically pay your wages. Don't cheat the poor. That's false witness. God is fair to all people and just to all people. If you cheat people, you're bearing false witness to who God is. If you're gouging people, you're bearing false witness to who God is. Verse 16, fathers must not be put to death for what their children do, nor children for what their fathers do. Each must be put to death for their own sin. Now remember, in the ancient world, you are basically, if I committed a crime against you, it was not uncommon to retaliate as in, I will kill you and your entire family. And so what God is saying is, you're not allowed to punish people in the family for the crimes of the individual. Because they're not guilty. To declare them guilty is false witness. It's false testimony. You must not pervert justice to the resident foreigner, verse 17, or an orphan, or take widow's garments and security. And he goes on and kind of repeats the same thing, but he, now he applies it to not just the poor person. You're not allowed to do it to the foreigner. You're not allowed to do it to the orphan. You're not allowed to do it to these people. Meaning that it's not okay to cheat the neighbor. You're, you're a foreigner. So a lot of times we have this idea that, it's, well, don't do it to people that you're close to, but you can do it to people out there in other countries. No, you're not allowed to treat people like that differently either. 
And so basically it goes on, and once again, the other thing that keeps repeating over and over again, other than breaking vows, is the way you treat foreigners. The way you treat foreigners. Chapter 5, verse 1. If controversy arises between people, you should go to the court for judgment. And when the judges hear the case, they shall exonerate the innocent, but condemn the guilty. Then if the guilty person is sentenced to a beating, the judge shall force him to be force him to lie down and be beaten in his presence with the number of blows his wicked behavior deserves. The judge may sentence him for 40 blows, but no more. If you struck with more than these, you might view your fellow Israelite with contempt. So basically, a judge is to be just. If you declare somebody guilty, punish him. If you declare somebody to be innocent, don't punish them. And the judge must go there and witness it happening to make sure that it's done right and a judge is not allowed to act corruptly, pronounce a judgment, and be like, oh, but that's no big deal because somebody else is going to do the punishment. If you're likely to see it, you're less likely to be false. Now, we know that's not exactly true. You can kill your soul so much that you can take pleasure in watching innocent people be punished. But the implication is the only way you can get to that point is if you're violating all these other laws. I mean, the only way to really truly kill your soul, if this stuff doesn't bother you anymore, is that you're violating many laws all over the place. And if that's happening, God's already visiting great punishments on you. Individually speaking, it's very hard for a corrupt individual to survive in a righteous culture. If the whole culture is going downhill, then God is dealing with you. Does that make sense? And we'll talk about how God deals with you when we get to verse chapter 27. You must not muzzle your ox when it is treading grain. <laughs> now, that's an interesting way to enter the do not bear false witness section. Basically, the implication here is what is muzzling your ox? Depriving it of the food as it's working. So it is slaving and working for you, and you won't allow it to eat. It's like forcing somebody to run a triathlon without any water. It's not wise. You are to allow your animal to eat and recuperate as it walks and eats. Now, a lot of times people would do it so that they, their ox would go faster. And they get more work done. But you end up wearing that thing down so much that it doesn't being productive in the long run. But basically, how is this false witness? You're mistreating the animals. And notice how God goes all the way down the spectrum of Israel with your neighbor, the poor, the widow, the orphan, the foreigner, down to the animal. You are to treat all things in God's creation with respect, with love, with dignity. And if the implication is you're not allowed to overwork your animal like this, then you're definitely not allowed to overwork any of your employees like this. Breaks are absolutely necessary. 